0: Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And for those that watch the pod on YouTube, which you can do by going to either YouTube and searching Markets and Mortgages, I don't even know if that works in all honesty, because I don't have like a ton of subscribers. So it might send you somewhere else. Um, links are also available on the website. Marketsandmortgages.com. But I took, I took my light in. I have two lights that light my shot here on Markets and Mortgages, uh, meaning I have you know, two different angles. And I took one of the cameras in to work and I didn't bring it back. So I only have one light on me. So if I look like Two Face, that's why. Just throwing that out there. So if you're not watching, then you don't have to worry about it. (laughs) All right. Good start here to the Markets and Mortgages podcast. All right. We're going to be talking one of my favorite topics, and that is Wall Street and the conspiracy theory that they want to take over housing, and they're to blame for all the housing problems that we're facing right now. Uh, We're going to get into that. We're also going to talk mortgage demand. And then there's a great piece by Connor Sen over at Bloomberg in which he says, if you're Someone who's in real estate, oh my gosh, this article should be like your script when you're talking to buyers who are, well, let's just say having some trepidations. Is that is that the correct term? Trepidations? They're trepidatious. <laughs> Look at that, I'm trying to use big words here on the program, I get into trouble. Uh, people who are maybe having second thoughts about buying a home, this is, this should be your script. That's That's what I'm saying. But I wanna start with Wall Street. Because I, you know, as someone who came from talk radio, political talk radio, uh, conspiracy theories were like a way of life. And everyone loves a good conspiracy theory, right? You know, like the aliens built the pyramids and ancient aliens. And I loved Loch Ness Monster growing up and Bigfoot and all the crazy stuff. And usually there's good fun people, you know, whatever they talk about them. You know, that's great. But there are some conspiracy theories that I think are inherently bad and you see them a lot in politics. And it's I think it's very sort of toxic, but it also exists in finance. I think we saw a lot of it with sort of the meme stocks and some of the ideas that were out there about the meme stocks and, you know, these hedge funds that had all these unclosed short positions and just leading people To make decisions for themselves financially, they think they think are going to pay off and be a big windfall. They're they're just not. That's not healthy. I mean, you're actually hurting people by doing that. And I I think it really kind of came to a head with you know the the Bed Bath and Beyond story. Ryan Cohn has been sort of this uh, you know uh, meme stock god, and then all of a sudden look like whoa. He did he take advantage of all the people on Reddit who have been you know looking to him for guidance, and all of a sudden he just kind of played them. and made, what, $70 million? And I think a lot of people have sort of opened their eyes to that maneuver. And I'm glad because, you know, you shouldn't be making decisions based off of memes or based off conspiracy theories. And the same thing happens in housing. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there that are leading people to make decisions. And one of them that, you know, I try and do that here on this program. I want to bust some of these conspiracy theories. And, you know, one of them... We've seen recently busted, which was this idea of this sort of inventory Armageddon. All these homes are going to come on market, and it's just not true. And it's being disproven very quickly, I will point out. I mean, it's, just, it, it's amazing how all of a sudden it went from, oh, my God, here comes inventory Armageddon to actually inventory is falling again. And so I'm, I'm happy about that. I hope people are waking up to that. But there's another conspiracy theory that's existed out there that influences people, and that is Wall Street. What is is Wall Street distorting? the housing market. And I've always pushed back on that because I look at the data, I look at the facts, and I look at how much, yeah, sure, Wall Street, how much their activity has gone up, but you look at the actual data and there's such a small player in all of this, it's like, how is that even possible? And so there was a new analysis from CoreLogic that was looking at one of the conspiracy theories, and this is one that's actually been pushed in the political sphere i've seen both jd vance and elizabeth warren that's both sides of the aisle democrat republican both arguing that wall street is distorting the housing market and so i mean those are smart people educated people wealthy people i mean powerful people i mean they wouldn't be pushing nonsense would they or would they well according to core logic yeah they are yes They are. So this is analysis. So here are the facts of the situation. I mean, this is not like a huge detailed analysis, but they just looked at some basic sort of causation and the facts of the situation. And we know about this because there was a report from CoreLogic looking at the second quarter and the share of single family home purchases made by investors on Wall Street. Those are the mega investors. So you have different kinds of you have small investors, Those are people who own between one and 10 properties. You have kind of medium investors, large investors, then mega investors. Those are Wall Street. The the vast majority of of housing investors are small investors, like people you know probably, people that own between one and 10 properties. That is the overwhelming majority of housing investors. But we did see a, a pickup of investor activity overall. So between 2020 and 2021, investor activity went from 16% to 24%. I mean, that's a big jump, and we're talking 8%. Now, during this time, there was also an increase in mega investor activity, basically Wall Street. They went from averaging under 10% of investor activity. Now, that's 10% of that 28%. (laughs) So that's that's what it was. It did jump up to 20%, in July of 2021, but then fell back down to a more kind of normalized level, a little bit above 10% at the start of this year, and has kind of remained there before dropping off. So we did see an increase in one investor activity, and we did see an increase in two of mega investor, aka Wall Street activity. So did that cause this skyrocketing of home prices, this just double digit home price appreciation? Did that cause it. And CoreLogic's analysis is no. So, mega investors have been active in states with some of the biggest price increases. States like Arizona, Nevada, Florida, and North Carolina. Those are all states where we've seen crazy home price appreciation. They found that the correlation between the share of purchases made by mega investors and price appreciation is 0. 0.65. That was a tighter connection than all other investor classes and prices, which had a correlation of around 0.39. So there's something there. The states where Wall Street was targeting were states that had a lot of appreciation. Oh, maybe there is something to this theory. Except for one very important point. Correlation does not equal causation. Thomas Malone, an economist at CoreLogic, notes, The correlation is not equal causation, as I said. States like California, Washington, Montana, and Hawaii also had home price appreciation above 20%, and in those states, there were few to zero Wall Street investment. So how is that possible? Well, the reality is, and this is kind of the bottom line, is that what was happening is the states that were extremely hot... Arizona, Florida, North Carolina, investors saw that and said, ooh, that's an opportunity to make money. And so like everyone else who wanted to buy a home there, everyone else that wanted to move there, Wall Street decided to put money there. So more than likely, they decided to put money in places that had very limited housing supplies, like California, like Florida, like Arizona. So in some cases, you had a very hot housing market with a lot of Wall Street investment. And in some places, you had zero Wall Street investment and still had the same type of home price appreciation. Why didn't they go into California? Why didn't they go into Washington? Simple. Because the price point was so much higher. We've talked here on this podcast before about how hot housing is in California and how expensive housing is in California, how difficult it is to build in California. Wall Street does not want to deal with that. It's a much higher price point. And so CoreLogic's like, listen, they're not saying that there isn't a causation. They just can't find any evidence or research that backs that up. So once again, a conspiracy theory that gets a lot of attention, everyone talks about it. It seems like it makes sense. But when you actually look at the evidence... There's no there there. Sorry to do it again. Sorry to bring reality into the situation. All right, now I want to talk about mortgage demand because for the fifth week in a row, mortgage demand has fallen. And in this last week, it was like barely a drop. This week, a little bigger. 1.2% week over week, thanks to a big drop. Well, not a big drop, a, a slight drop in purchase demand down 0.2%. Purchases are now down 29% year over year, but based on where rates are, it's still kind of impressive. It's actually not lower. I know I say that every week, but um, yeah, I mean, just it, it's crazy. Refis fell 4% week over week and are now down a whopping 83% year over year. So it's Fifth week in a row, mortgage demand is down, and there really is no reason to expect that we're going to see that demand increase anytime soon. So, the breakdown, the refinance share of mortgage activity decreased slightly to 30.2%. ARMS made up a big jump to 9.1% of total applications, which makes sense. People are trying to save money, so they're going the ARM route. But this was the real shocking part of this weekly report. Mortgage rates increased for the fourth week in a row, and we're now looking at a six-handle. Yeah, they jumped seven basis points to 6.01%. That was for the week ending September the 9th. That is now 200 and 98 basis points higher than one year ago and is now the highest level that we have seen since 2008. So mortgage rates have essentially, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association, doubled in a year and purchase demand is down 30%. That still, to me, points out that people want to buy homes. (laughs) And we'll talk about why they should here in a second. Uh, The 15-year fix was also up to 5.3%. And then the 5-1 ARM was up two basis points to 4.83%. So you can see why ARM activity has increased. I mean, that's we're talking over a point difference between the 30-year fixed and the 5-1 ARM. So you can see why people are going that route. Interestingly enough, Joe Kahn, economist over at the Mortgage Bankers Association, noted That the spread between conforming rates and the jumbo and arms says a lot about what's happening with the market right now, saying, quote, the spread between the conforming 30 year fixed mortgage rate and both the arm and jumbo loans remained wide at about 118 and 45 basis points, respectively. The widespread underscores the volatility in capital markets due to uncertainty about the Fed's next policy move. What are they going to do next week? Some are saying, "Hey, could we see 100 basis points?" I don't even, I don't even, don't even know when the last time we saw that was. Could that happen? No one's calling for that. A couple, maybe, kind of non unconventional, I should say, economists maybe are putting that forward. I think Larry Summers may be the only person who I really know who I think said the Fed should go 100, but they haven't said anything, and they don't like to surprise people so maybe they're waiting to surprise us with the non-surprise <laughs> i'm not sure but it still looks like it's going to be 75 basis points but after that is anyone's guess there's a lot of uncertainty right now there's no doubt about that but these higher rates are no are undoubtedly spooking investors no, not investors uh buyers which i guess is kind of an investment in a way it's it's spooking people and they're like oh i'm not gonna buy i'm gonna wait for rates to drop. Well, Connorsen, over at Bloomberg, wrote an op-ed recently. And he said, listen, if you're thinking about buying, you should go ahead and buy. Now, that's always kind of my advice. I mean, if it makes sense for you to buy, you should be buying a home. Do not try and time the market. Don't try and time home prices, mortgage rates. I don't care what, don't, don't do it. Nobody can do it. I mean, we just pointed out, Joe Kahn said, listen, no one knows what's happening in the market. There's so much on, these are guys who do nothing, all they do, all day long is watch and try and figure out the market and they can't figure it out. So reading like a Business Insider article, well, no, maybe not, they have a paywall. Yahoo Finance, maybe reading a Yahoo Finance is not gonna be like, oh, I know what's gonna happen with housing. So if it makes sense to buy, you should buy. But some people are like, no, no, listen. Rates, Mortgage Bankers Association has rates at 6%. Last week, you look at Mortgage News Daily, they have rates at 6.3%. People are saying rates have to fall. So I'm gonna wait. For rates default. Well, Connor Sen at Bloomberg says that that would be a mistake. And I know what you're thinking, Tyler. Listen, you're in you're in the mortgage business. You have friends in the mortgage business. You got friends who are realtors. You're just selling your book right now. Okay, li- this isn't me. This is Connor Sen. He's not a realtor. He's not a mortgage banker. He is a columnist at Bloomberg. And this is his argument that he is making. So he says, one. Listen, that inflation report that came out says one thing. We talked about this on the last podcast. Rates are going to go higher than we thought, and they're going to stay higher for longer than we thought. So the idea that rates are going to fall anytime soon, probably not going to happen, and at least not to a level that people think that they're going to fall. Inventory, we just talked about that. Everyone thinks this big you know, inventory glut is going to hit the market, and oh, my gosh, you know, it's going to be this wonderful opportunity. There's no evidence of that. In fact, the exact opposite. That inventory levels could, I mean, this is this is a crazy number. We could see, we talked about this, this Altos report. We could see fewer homes on market at the start of 2023 than the start of 2021. <laughs> That's how crazy things are going right now with the housing market. So given all of these dynamics, this is what Connor Sen says there doesn't appear to be any advantage to waiting. There's no glut of inventory on the horizon. There's less competition to buy at the moment, largely because affordability has worsened. And if mortgage rates eventually do decline, new homeowners can refinance into a mortgage at a lower interest rate. That's why you're hearing a lot of mortgage bankers and loan officers say, marry the house, date the rate. Most of the loans we're doing now, we're assuming are gonna get refined (laughs) at some point. That's sort of what most people are thinking. But as rents and incomes continue to rise, it's a matter, Sen argues, of weighing the certain cost of higher mortgage rates against the probability of getting caught in a bidding war at higher prices down the road after mortgage rates fall. Because remember this, a lot of people are doing the, we're going to wait and see. And so the minute, so let's say you wait it out, let's say you wait a year, home prices fall, or rates fall. A lot of other people did that, and so they're all gonna rush into the market. And so all of a sudden we're gonna have a lot of bidding wars again, and people are gonna be battling it out, and we don't know what's gonna happen with home prices. Once again, it's impossible to time the market. Some people think home prices are gonna fall, they might rise. I mean, a lot of the big banks out there are still projecting that we're going to see home price appreciation year over year. And so sure, rates might fall, but home prices might be higher. And then on top of it, you're facing bidding wars, so you have to now pay more for the home. You could end up in a worse spot than you are now, even with the lower rate, with regards to affordability. So instead, you buy it now, rates fall, you already got the home, you do a refund. And so once again, this is the argument being made by Connor and not Tyler Crowley Tyler Crowley is not well I, I obviously agree with it <laughs> but I am not the one making this argument right here Connor said look look right here so I'll put it up to the camera Connor set there you go <laughs> uh, all right we are done we are officially I have, I have no cool way of ending the podcast all right you guys enjoy your third oh we got a big, we big day today we got retail spending we're gonna get an idea of is how much inflation is impacting retail spending we have that bag ugh. Bad inflation report. Now we got retail numbers. They're supposed to be flat if they come in negative. Uh Uh-oh. So we'll talk about that on Friday's podcast. But you guys, enjoy your Thursday. We will see you tomorrow. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.